Good morning, everybody. Uh, I'm going to open us up with a word of prayer. If you want to join me, we'll pray together. Uh, Our Father, I thank you for this day and for gathering your people here together in this place to glorify Jesus, to make Jesus known to each one of us. And I just pray that uh, in everything that we do this morning, that you would be at work making Jesus known to our hearts, making your great love known to us, uh, and, and that you would be shaping us by your Holy Spirit to be more like you together. Uh, I pray that over the next few minutes as we take a look at your word, that uh, you would speak to each one of us, that you would have us hear what you want us to hear, and that you would move among us. We, we love you. We praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. So this morning uh, we are, uh, in, in, this is the last of, of three Sundays where we've been in like kind of a, a small sermon series called Life Together, where we've been uh, considering a few scriptures and how they might be directing us as a church here at Redemption. And the first week we looked at 1 Peter 2.10, and we talked a lot about how the church is God's design for making himself known. That like from the very beginning, his design was for like us as his image bearers to, to both uh, make him known through our unique individuality and in our like bound, being bound up together in unity and togetherness. Uh, the second week we looked at Matthew 16, 13 through 25, and, and specifically we talked about Jesus' statement to Peter where he said, I will build my church, right? Jesus builds his church. It's not us. And this is good news for the church because it means that we aren't called to achieve something together. We're called to live together in the reality of what Christ has already achieved. And so this week, we're just simply kind of putting the pieces together. If the church isn't our idea, it's not our design, it's God's design. If the church isn't about something that we are supposed to achieve together, then what should it look like? What does it look like to live together in the reality of what Christ has already achieved for us? And what should we be doing? Should we be doing evangelism? Should we be doing missions? Uh, Jesus left the disciples with the command known as the Great Commission found in Matthew 28, 19 through 20. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. So, We're certainly supposed to be doing something, right? We're not supposed to be doing nothing. Well, if you will, let's just go back a a couple weeks and briefly look back at 1 Peter 2, 9 and 10, just for a couple minutes. It's the place we started from. I'm going to read this for us. 1 Peter 2, 9 through 10, Peter says this, But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness and into marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. And I just want you to notice something with me real quick. And it's the language, uh, the language of our being made into like a people for his own possession is really quickly followed by that you may proclaim his excellencies. So we can see straight away the answer to our question of, are we supposed to be doing something together? We're saved into a family of God 
And there's a purpose to that, and the purpose is of making Jesus known together. It's what we're created for. It's God's design. So what should we be doing? We should be making Jesus known. We should be proclaiming his excellencies. But I also want us to recognize this together, and that's that this passage isn't written to an individual but to a people. There's no way to isolate a part of this scripture and make it about an individual. The whole passage is very much speaking to us as a people. And so it's really saying, you are a people made for. Like, I've made you a people for this purpose, proclaiming the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. So yes, we are to do something. We are to proclaim the excellencies of Jesus. We're supposed to make Jesus known for who he really is. And it's something that we do together. Now, take a look with me at Acts chapter 2, verse 42 through 47. If you don't know much about Acts, it's, it's the fifth book in the New Testament of the Bible. And it's all about how the earliest church like, uh, went about spreading the gospel and making the real Jesus uh, known after Jesus ascended to heaven. Luke was the author of Acts, and I just want us to listen to how Luke described this early church. It's Acts 2, 42 through 47. If you have your Bible, you can follow along. If not, it's on the screen. It says this, And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together, and they had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. What were they doing in this early church? How were they practicing their purpose of making Jesus known? Well, they were devoted to, to learning God's word together, for one. They were intentional about getting to know who God is, what he had done, and about what that made them and how they ought to live together. They were devoted, therefore, to the fellowship, meaning they were committed to the family of God. They were living life together. We can kind of see that there. They were devoted to the breaking of bread and the prayers. They were intentional about spending time with God together. They gave up their belongings, it says, for one another. They gave as others had need. It just, just shows that they practiced serving others in the family before themselves. And it says that day by day, they attended, they attended the temple together. They were breaking bread in their homes. And as they did all of these things, they were becoming more and more like Jesus. They were becoming glad. They were becoming generous. And they praised God in all that they did. And what happened? They found favor with all the people, and God added to their number day by day. Now, the early church experienced like this explosive growth, but notice that it actually wasn't something that they did. Like, none of this is some prescriptive deal, right? It's not something that they did. It was the work of God. Acts 2.47, the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. It wasn't something they did. Jesus was just going about building his church, and he was making himself known through his people. They didn't achieve anything. 
They simply were committed to living like within the reality that Jesus had already achieved for him. They were living as one people. And by the work of the Holy Spirit, as they were getting to know Jesus together, they were being changed by who Jesus is and what he had done and who that made them. And the more they got to know him, the more they started to live like he made them to live. And they started to bear his likeness together and how they lived together. And it was this practiced oneness of the earlier, early church, this practiced oneness in Jesus that made him evident to others. Who they were and how they were living together was their very best witness. Likewise, who we are and how we live together is also our very best witness. It's our best proclamation of the excellencies of Jesus Christ. Listen to how Paul exhorts the church in Ephesians. Ephesians 4, 25 through 32, this is a letter Paul wrote to the church there. He says, therefore, having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and give no opportunity to the devil. Let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor, doing honest work with his own hands so that he may have something to share with anyone who's in need. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouth, but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice and be kind to one another. Be tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. Speak, speak the truth to one another. Hold one another accountable. Be kind to one another in word and deed. Be tenderhearted with one another. Forgive one another in Christ. Paul is exhorting uh, this church to live within the reality that Jesus had already achieved, achieved. They could live differently because of who Jesus made them through his death and his resurrection. They could live like a family. And he calls them to practice that, right? He calls them to practice living like the family he'd made them to be, not to go and accomplish a mission together, because Paul knew that Jesus would be made known through their one anothering. This is really how Paul exhorted uh, every church he wrote to. If you go through the New Testament, read all his letters to the Colossians. Uh, he says, put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also might forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body. It's the same thing. Bear with one another. Forgive one another. Put on love. You were called to be the body of Christ and to look like him in your togetherness, in the way we do life together. One of my favorites, I know there's a lot of scripture right after one another. One of my favorites is how Paul exhorts the Philippians, and I can't not share that. Philippians 1, 27, only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or I am absent, I may hear of you that you are standing firm in one spirit, with one mind, striving side by side 
for the faith of the gospel. Be of one spirit. Be of one mind. That's practice your oneness in Christ together. In my own personal notes on Philippians, I just wrote it this way. In your striving side by side for the faith of the gospel, you are proclaiming the grace of the gospel. I'm not going to go through all of Paul's letters, but I, I hope you see the point. We're called to this one anothering, to this striving side by side for the faith of the gospel, to this bearing with one another and pursuing Jesus together because it's our practiced oneness in Jesus that makes him the most evident to others. Who we are and how we live together at Redemption Church is our very best witness. We believe that we were made to know Jesus and to make Jesus known together. Like we say often around here that we're striving together to make the real Jesus known by being honest about our failures and loving the way that he loves and serving the city for the good of all and inviting everybody into the family of God. I call that our one-liner because it's not so much a mission statement as it, as it is a statement about what we want to be found true of us. We want it to be true of us because we actually believe that who we are and how we live together is our very best witness. So yes, we ought to be doing, doing something. We ought to be proclaiming, pro- proclaiming the excellencies of Jesus together. But we don't just like go out saying good things about Jesus with our words. Like Jesus is kind. He is loving. He is merciful. He is just. He is all those and more. But are we? We don't just get to say that we're on his team. If we're with him, then the same descriptors ought to be true of us and becoming true of us and how we're living life with one another. I think too many, including, including me, including us as a church, have misrepresented Jesus by just saying things about him in order to achieve some goal, like converting people while never letting what is true about Jesus become true about us together. But if who we are and how we live together is our very best witness, then we've got to be committed to knowing him and practicing our oneness in Jesus together. That's what we should be doing. That's how we live pursuing God's design within the reality that Jesus Christ has already achieved for us. So as a church, we have like set up spaces, right, for us to practice pursuing Jesus and living this life together. Every, everything we do on Sunday mornings is meant to help us pursue knowing Jesus and making Jesus known together. Missional communities are smaller groups like aiming to live like a family, learning to serve one another in their community like Jesus, and, and they're seeking to be on mission together in the everyday stuff of life. Volunteer opportunities around here on Sundays, like serving in Redemption Kids or serving coffee or um, running sound or there's so many different things that are going on. Those, all this is a place to like plug in and practice loving and serving each other with some like intention. The service opportunities that we have outside of Sunday, more directed towards our community, like Iron Man or uh, participating in Arts in the Heart or getting together the Downtown Resource Guide to help those who are in need and to help people direct people who are in need to where they can get help. Things like that. Those are all spaces that we just set up to practice giving ourselves together. 
And the point of all of this is that we would be practicing knowing and making Jesus known together, that we would do these things together. I think along the way, if it sounds like I'm in any way discounting like the idea of actually sharing the good news of Jesus with those who do not know him, I promise that's not what I'm getting at. Here's what I believe, though. I believe that if we are practicing knowing Jesus and making him known to one another, then we're going to be out there inviting others in. I guarantee it. Because the good news of who God is and what he has done and who that makes us will be made afresh with each passing day and each passing week. And the Spirit will be changing us to become more and more like Jesus. And what Jesus does in us will be too good not to tell everybody else about, not to invite everybody in on. And then when they come and they see for themselves, they'll find people who look like the real thing and they'll want to know more and more about Jesus themselves. And they'll want to be part of it. I believe that if we're going to embody a culture, a redemption church that makes the real Jesus known to our city, we first will be a people who are practicing making the real Jesus known to one another. By being honest about our failures, pointing each other to the gospel, that Jesus Christ is the only perfect one who's made a sacrifice for us and who, is, who has mercy in our weakness and in our failures. We'll practice loving like he loves. We'll practice serving the city for the good of all. We'll be inviting everybody into the family of God. So here's the final invitation of this series. We want you to connect and to commit with us over the next few months. We want you to get in on what we're doing together and to start pursuing uh, Jesus with us. We want you to practice making Jesus known to one another with us. So let's practice our oneness in Christ together. And my ask is that you would do three things. One is that you would make it a priority over the next season to attend Sundays. We're not taking attendance. Uh, we're, we're not shaming anybody for missing church on Sundays. That's not the kind of thing we want to set up here at all. I'm just asking that you make it a point to show up regularly because it's important. Like as we're practicing living life together and becoming more and more like Jesus together over this next season, showing up to remember and proclaim the good news of Jesus together on Sunday is vital. There's no other place where we are more visibly together than on Sunday mornings. Who knows how Jesus will work in and through us as we gather here to make himself known in our city and to us. Second, I'm asking and I'm inviting you into missional communities. I know I've said this for like three weeks in a row. I'm just asking you again, if you're not connected, get connected to a missional community. We have four of them right now, and we, we certainly hope to add more this year because we need them. But I encourage you to, to get connected to one um, over the next couple weeks. This is the primary space where we are really uh, learning and practicing knowing God and living life together. It's not a, I'm sorry, all the information you need about missional communities, like the schedule, um, places where they meet, who's, in, who's leading which ones, all that kind of stuff. There's a sheet in the back on that table. It has the whole schedule. You can find all that information. Um, if you're new here and you want more information on how to get connected to a missional community or just to the church, I'd love to meet you afterwards. I'll be out at the coffee cart. You can come. We'll do a quick meet and greet, and I can help you get some next steps on getting connected.
The second ask, though, is that you would get connected to a missional community. And then lastly, there are lots of opportunities that we have, as I already said, to serve one another on Sundays. And there are opportunities throughout the year to serve our community as well. And I think, honestly, it usually sounds like we're just trying to sugarcoat some work that needs to be done. Um, It's tempting to even see it that way and then steer clear. And it is work. There is work that has to be done uh, to make all these things happen together. But serving others always requires something of us. And this is just one of the key ways that we believe Jesus actually does shape us. It's not just to get the thing done. We believe Jesus uses it in our becoming more and more like him. Time and time again, the Bible clearly calls us to imitate Jesus by serving one another. And so I invite you into that. Those are just three ways that I'm asking you to practice with us. But, but none of those things by themselves are the point. The point is that we are laying our stuff aside and committing to pursue Jesus together. Because we're convinced that, that his way is better and that Jesus is better. We want to submit to him in all of life. And we want him to be made known in every area of our lives. We want to grow in becoming more like him as a church, and as, individu- as individuals. So with that said, that's it. I'm just asking you to connect over the next few weeks, to connect with us over the next few months on purpose as we try to kind of engage in these different spaces to practice our unity in Christ. I'm going to lead us into a time of response. The band is going to come, and they're going to lead us in a time of worship. Um, as we do each week, we're also going to come and we're going to take communion together. Um, this is actually one of these things that we do. I mean, everything we do is, is really essentially this. But this is one of those things we do on Sunday where we are very visibly practicing our unity in Christ. We come and we take the, the bread and we dip it in the wine or the juice. Uh, the bread, of course, representing the body of Christ that was given for us. The juice or the wine representing the blood of Christ that was shed for us. And as we come and we take, we are remembering that Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior, that he died and that he rose again. He's forgiven us of our sins. He's given us everlasting life, but also uh, that he has called us into one family. We are remembering that. We're proclaiming it together in our practicing it together. It's a very visible like, uh, way of doing what I just talked about. So we want to invite you into that if you're a Christian, whether you're a member at Redemption Church or not to come and to take, to eat and drink and remember Christ and proclaim him to one another. Uh, on your way here, there's also a giving basket in the back where you can give your tithes or your offerings. You can do that online as well. We just always like to remind you that during this time of response to take a moment and pause and remember that God is your provider. Remember that you're not just like making a habit of giving, but it's an act of worship. It's an active response to who he is and who he's made you. And so we just want to remind you to do that, to lift up a, a word of praise for your God through his provision. I'm going to pray for us, and then we're going to move into that time together. Our Father, I am thankful for the people of Redemption Church. I am thankful that you've made us a family, that you've called us uh, here together to represent you, to make Jesus known together in how we um, do life together. I'm thankful that that, I guess, goal of being a people who are striving side by side together to make the real Jesus known, um, 
And I'm just, I'm thankful because I see it becoming more and more true of us over the years. It doesn't seem like something that we can really ever attain uh, on our own, for sure, but it's something that you are definitely shaping us into, that you're making more and more true of us. God, I just ask that you just help us to remember that that's exactly how it is. You achieve everything for us. You're calling us in to live within the reality that you've already achieved. We are one family, and it is in our oneness that you are made known. We we are your church. We are the body of Christ. Your image bearers, making your great love and your great compassion and your great mercy and kindness known everywhere and everyone. Mostly through how we are being that with and to each other. I just pray that you just continue to encourage us in Jesus Christ, that you continue to unite us in him, and that over this next season as we enter these practices together, that you make us more and more like Jesus, and that you make yourself known in this church. In Jesus' name.